Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I'm Methods Hart, your host for today's show and Executive Director of Startup Runway, where we connect underrepresented founders, women and minorities to their first check writers. Listen, today I am really excited to sit down with Julie Newman, who is a Startup Runway finalist, and she's also the founder of Artonimo. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you so much, Micah. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So before we get into it, I know you're coming hot off for the Startup Runway Showcase, but before we get into it, I wanted to just really let our listeners learn a little bit, if you can educate them about your background, where you're from, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your business. Sure. Yeah, no problem. I'm from Northeast Ohio originally, and I moved down to Atlanta in about 2001. And I started my career in corporate America at AT AT&T. Actually, I I should say I started at my dad. My dad had his own business growing up. So I worked there from about 10 years old. So I started, I went to college and then I I joined corporate America after I graduated. So it was kind of good to have experience at both as small business as well as corporate America. And then in uh, 2008, actually, I decided to um, start a business called Jewel Branding and Licensing. So I'm actually an owner of two businesses. Um, Jewel Branding is the first one that I started and it's a licensing agency representing artists, designers, and corporate um, cultural institutions. Wonderful. That's fascinating. So let me ask you this. How did you venture into the world of startups and knowing that, you know, listen, I'm going to take the leap of faith because it is a leap of faith and in starting my own business. And I know that you mentioned that you have to So take us through your journey with that. Yeah, sure. I would say that definitely starting a business is a leap of faith, but it's kind of one of those things um, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it's easier to do something when you don't know how hard it is, um, I guess. And <laughs> so uh, I started in 2008 and it was um, when my daughter was almost turning a year old. And um, at that time, I was working for another company. They were a smaller licensing agency. And um, it was 2008. It was kind of... Um, the economic downturn. And so they were um, letting their employees go. And they're like, well, we'll, we'd like to keep you, but we're going to cut your salary in half, um, but still do the same work. And and that's kind of when I was like, well, that that doesn't make any sense to me where I could probably do it on my own and at least make half my salary that I was making. So I kind of started it out of necessity thinking that number one, I didn't want to go back to corporate America. There wasn't a lot of um, agencies in the Atlanta area. And I didn't want to leave my daughter at home. Um, I liked where I've always worked at home in my career. And so it was kind of like, I was just at this crossroads where I'm like, I want to spend time with my daughter. I want to be home. I want to have my own business. So why not? And that's really kind of how I started. I'd love to tell you I had a business plan and a well thought out idea of where I was going. Um, but that that really wasn't the case. Um, I just knew that I um, was good at what I was doing and felt that I could do it even better on my own. And that was really kind of the, the foundation to get it going. Absolutely. So I know there's some ladies that are listening in and they're hashtag mompreneurs, hashtag bosspreneurs, and they're listening to you, I'm sure, and you're giving them the confidence that, you know, wow, Julie embarked on this journey with a one-year-old at home and what in, in the balancing act, the mommy tasking that comes with that. And so what were your next steps after you made this decision that I wanted and how did that 
move you towards opening or deciding that, you know, I'm going to move into establishing my next company? Yeah. You know, um, first of all, I mean, a support network, right? So my mom at the time was close by. Um, and so she helped with childcare and, um, you know, my husband, he had a corporate job, which was really helpful because he had health insurance. Obviously that was super important with a baby. And so I really kind of felt like I had a a safe environment where I had the flexibility to go out and, and do something on my own, but definitely back balancing. Uh, I, I remember a distinct day where uh, I had an important conference call and, and my one-year-old was in her little play area and I'm trying to be on a conference call and I'm trying to like keep her satisfied by giving her some Cheerios. And I was just like, oh my God, this is such, <laughs> this is such craziness. How can I do all of this at the same time? But it, it was really just uh, empowering to know that I could manage it all and manage my own schedule. And I just, you know, I, I loved being in control of my own destiny, whatever that may be. Um, And of course, I made, you know, a lot of mistakes along the way starting a company. But you know, I really focused uh, my first company, Jewel Branding on on working with moms that wanted to stay at home and raise their own children that were artists and needed help on the business side um, of their business, they could do the creative art side, and I could manage their business side. And that's really kind of how, you know, Jewel Branding evolved. And I literally, when I would go to hire somebody, I would hire working moms. Um, because I believe mm-hmm. that it was really important for me to be able to have the flexibility of working um, at a job that I love and still being able to be around my children and be able to take them to school or take them to appointments. Um, and so I, I wanted to provide that same type of environment for other working moms. That was super important to me. I felt like growing up, my mom was a single mom. You know, she had a full-time job where she just didn't have the flexibility to, to be around the kids as much. And I just did not want that for me and my children and um, other moms that worked for me. That says a lot about you and, and your dedication. Just, you know, we'll, I'll pause for there for, for one second, but that says a lot about you and your dedication to uplift mothers in corporate America. It also brings me to um, recent statistics that have recently come out in regards to the the pandemic, which we've all experienced and endured. And the study that I read, it talks about how the pandemic alone has set women back in corporate America by 10 years. That was due to a lot of women having to walk away from their jobs in corporate America in order to be at home with the kids who were at home at the time and not able to actually be physically in school, but doing virtual learning. Mm-hmm. And we all know that a six-year-old cannot <laughs> do virtual learning on their own. So I think that's right. a beautiful, beautiful thing that you have done to empower mothers, to hire mothers that, that want to have that balancing act. So yes, take us forward on opening founding your second business. Yeah. And so fast forward uh, 12 years. And so one of the things that um, I am kind of a, uh, what I'd call efficiency queen, if there's a way to do something faster and better, um, that's that's kind of my MO. That's what I love to figure out. And so in, um, in Jewel Branding, there's a lot of processes. There's a lot of things that aren't easy to manage. There's thousands of images, um, thousands of contracts, Excel spreadsheets, all of this data. And there was no software within the industry to do our business efficiently. And it was something that 
was really frustrating to me. Um, we would have Dropbox, we would have Excel spreadsheets, we would have Salesforce and none of, nothing talked to one another. And so it, it just didn't make sense. So we decided to build a software program to manage our business. And mm-hmm. so really what, what happened is when we launched the software within our own business, we would have competitors um, come up to us. We would have our manufacturers, all of our partners saying, wow, where can, where'd you get the software? I'd love to use it for my business. And I said, well, actually we, we created ourselves. And so that was when we really kind of sat back and said, okay, wow, we created something here that really um, could work for our entire industry. And so that's why we created Autonomo. So we, so we then launched Autonomo um, this in 2020. And we took the software that was managing our business so well and um, decided to, to license it to other companies. And um, so far, it's been um, pretty successful in that we already have other artists, we have other agencies on the platform, and they're really having the same success that we did. Um, by ma- It's easier to manage their business. They can focus more on the fun stuff and less on the business process side. So yeah, we're really excited about the potential for this um, because we feel like it can work for so many different industries, um, not just this one. Absolutely. And I love that. And and one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are wondering the same, you're in a place now where you've identified a need that's within your market. And at this point, what is your focus on scaling and growing your business? And I know that you have different thoughts around this after, you know, founding your first company now having Autonomo and you have made the decision, okay, we're going to move forward. We, we know this is the need in our market. What does that look like? What are the conversations that you're having with your team? Yeah, no, um, I, I would say probably the most Im- important conversation we're having is obviously, you know, jewel branding was something that was bootstrapped. We never got outside money or capital to, to grow that business, which was, which was great. Um, and obviously um, that worked well, but I think in a software business, what I'm learning, um, and I'm learning something new every day when it comes to software business is that you really need to, um, you need more access to capital because, you know, building software and building it well is super expensive. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's one reason why we decided to seek, we reached out to Startup Runway and and we were honored to be selected as a finalist to start, you know, this was the first kind of toe in the water into this area. But obviously our goal, I mean, we're we're going down the path of, of raising capital, but we're we're also really focusing on growing our customer base. And so I would say between, you know, we need more customers on the platform to show more proof of life to potential investors that the software is, is growing and, and working well for many companies. Um, so really, I would say those are our two top priorities for the rest of the year. And who would you say is your avatar when it comes to your customer base? They're listening because we have listeners from all over. What is the profile of a customer look like for you? Um, I, I would say any um, content creator is a good profile customer. And so obviously we work with a lot of artists that have a lot of content that they need to manage on a daily basis. So it could be graphic artists, fine artists. Um, it could also be cultural institutions um, or nonprofits that have a wide database, um, a wide archive of content that hasn't really been monetized yet. There's not an easy way to get out their content to a, um, an audience of potential customers that would be interested interested in the content. So it's really uh, people that have a lot of content that they want to manage and also try to monetize. 
And then for, for the support that you need, the funding that you need, because we know the numbers and the numbers are bleak. And obviously, this is the reason why we do the work that we do at Startup Runway to ensure that there is more of a balance, that the needle grows, that we continue to push for, because the numbers are, you know, women receive less than 2.2% of capital, the funding that they need in order to grow their business. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a huge need there. So for any VCs that are listening in, any investors that are listening in, what would you want to share with them about your company and why they should invest? I would say that we're in a very experienced leadership team. Um, you know, uh, everybody at Autonomo it has 20 plus years of experience in their own field. So we have an IP attorney, we have a, a very experienced software developer, finance, um, and obviously uh, myself being in the industry for 20 plus years, as well as my business partner. And so I think a leadership team is critical to a success of any company. And so that that is very strong. And then also a very a growing market. There's not software where currently available within our industry today to do what needs to be done to manage people's businesses. So I feel like there's like white space in this area to grow. And our long-term vision is to really kind of disrupt our entire market uh, by creating this one-stop shop for uh, manufacturers around the world to find content for their products. Absolutely. And what would you say, here we are and we're, you know, we're in Q4 and we have there, obviously, most businesses are like, okay, are we meeting the mark? What do we need? What are our goals for, for next year? When you think about that, there are listeners right now that are founders, that are entrepreneurs like yourself. And, you know, it's, I, I will say you experience the highs and lows. Anyone who's an entrepreneur absolutely knows that. What keeps you motivated, Julie? What keeps you focused on your craft and and optimistic about what's to come, even when you receive the no's? Uh, Because I do believe that a person can live in both in a space where they're experiencing a high in one place and a low in another. What encouragement do you have for the founders that are listening in? No, I think that what's driven me uh, probably my my whole career, I love the no's because when I get a no, it only provides more encouragement to myself to go out and find the yes. Um, it's almost a driver. And so I think that that's definitely helped me throughout my career because um, the no's can be, yes, you can, you can get down. And obviously I do. There are definitely days where you're like, oh my gosh, am I just, what am I pushing uphill? But then the, the days where it's like, oh, you get a win here, win here kind of makes up for the the downs. But I've tried to look at no's as an opportunity, number one, to learn why didn't I get selected or why didn't the deal go through? Because if you look at it as a learning opportunity, then it only helps you for the next sale. I love that. It only helps you for the next sale. And so speaking of the next sale and the next opportunity, so you were a finalist for Startup Runway, the Startup Runway Showcase. And so I wanted to see if you could share with those founders that are listening in, what was your experience like for the Startup Runway Showcase? And and what were some of the biggest 
learning opportunities from that experience. Yeah, no, I, the whole process was a learning experience. And I think that what I felt overall was just a safe environment to share our company. Um, I felt like there was a lot of opportunity for me to um, talk to people with no judgment and, and, you know, just a sense that they're just trying to help you and not that you had to have every single duck in a row was more like, oh, okay. They, you know, they were just willing to share their knowledge on what they felt we needed to know in order to be successful. And so I love those environments because it's, it's safe, I guess is the best word um, that I kind of walked away with. And I learned so much. The boardroom one-hour meeting with potential investors was super helpful for us to ask some of the questions that we wanted to ask and then um, kind of be be told information that we didn't even know we needed to know, uh, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. That that definitely makes sense. And it also, for those that are listening in, Julie's referring to the, the mock board meetings that each of our finalists had with investors. And they were able to to get feedback and just learn, you know, get get as you as you mentioned, Julie. It's not a environment where it's a opportunity to nitpick at a company. It's actually an opportunity where the the founders have the opportunity to just really be able to share their company and then also be able to get advice, to be able to get direction, to be able to get encouragement from investors on the direction of where they should go and then also to get potential leads. And so I think it's that environment, cultivating that environment is so very important because I do believe a lot of times there's this thought process that, okay, you know, oh, let me, you know, build this person up by picking apart all the different things they could work on as opposed to encouraging a person. And I I do feel like it takes a lot to even come before someone to present your dream and your vision. Mm-hmm. And that ought to be a sacred and a safe place. And so I thank you so much, Julie, for sharing in this time with us. I wanted to to pause for a second before we close out and find out if there's any lasting thoughts that come to mind that you want to share with our listeners. If there's any p- piece of advice, maybe something that we didn't cover that is really important to you that you would like to share. I know we talked about the importance of having that village for you at the time as a mother to launch your launch your business and, and having that support system because it gave you the flexibility. Essentially, having a one-year-old at home at the time gave you the ambition and drive to say, you know what, I can do this. I've, I've been doing this for another company. Let me step out and do it on my own. And that you also believe that you can manage it all and that there's mistakes that will happen along the way. But that's a part of what I like to call the pruning process or the development process. And you found a company that satisfies a need within a market that will help out so many artists. And so what are your what are your lasting thoughts? You know, I think the the lasting thought that um, is, I feel like reaching out to the entrepreneur network, I think is, is such a supportive network. Reaching out to other people that are trying to start their own businesses. Everybody loves to share what they're doing or mistakes that they made. And I find that the more I reached out to other entrepreneurs over the last you know 12 to 15 years, the better my journey was, for lack of a better way to say that. Um, and I think that some mm-hmm. people maybe 
are afraid to reach out to other business owners. And I think those are the people that are the most um, welcome to helping other people get going and get started. And that was kind of a revelation to me. I don't think I did that until like five or six years into my other business, but that has been critical to my success is just reaching out to other other entrepreneurs and, and sharing stories. I love that because I do believe the, of the importance of building out a tribe wherever you are. And I, I have heard a number of entrepreneurs say that you can get so focused, laser focused on growing your business that you forget the support that you need while you're doing it along the way. And so having mm-hmm. a tribe of entrepreneurs who are there right with you that are in it, that can encourage you and that have been there is absolutely key. And so I thank you so much, Julie, for your time. I thank you for sharing in this space with us. And I just wanted to congratulate you again on being a Startup Runway finalist. And just thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mecca. It was a pleasure. We're thrilled to have you as an Atlanta Startup Podcast listener. To help you get the most out of the experience, let me invite you to three insider opportunities from our host, Valor Ventures. First, want to be a guest on this amazing show? Reach out to our booking team at atlantastartuppodcast.com. Click on Booking. It's a no-brainer from there. Are you raising a seed round? Valor definitely wants to hear from you. Share your startup story at valor.vc forward slash pitch. Are you a woman or minority-led startup? Valor's sister program, the Startup Runway Foundation, gives away grants to promising startups led by underrepresented founders. The mission of the Startup Runway Foundation is connecting underrepresented founders to their first investors. Startup Runway finalists have raised over $40 million. See if you qualify for one of these amazing grants at startuprunway.org. You can also sign up for our next showcase for free there. Let me let you go today with a shout out to Startup Runway presenting sponsor, Cox Enterprises, and to our founding partners, American Family Institute, Truist, Georgia Power, Avanta Ventures, and Innovators Legal. These great organizations make Startup Runway possible. Thanks for listening today and see you back next week.